horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. Okay, well, thanks for joining us for another edition of winningponies.com. And it's going to be a special one because we are coming up on the Preakness Stakes on Saturday. And uh, just an amazing chance. The, the, the betting opportunities for you are galore, uh, both Friday and Saturday. So you want to pull down your easy win forms? Listen to the experts I'm going to have on this show. I'll tell you, tell you who they are in a minute. And then dial up your BetUS account and uh, enjoy the action. I mean, of course, the Preakness Stakes, $1.5 million. That's the focal point. Uh, but it's a 14 race card. Get your things out of the way folks 10 30 in the morning eastern standard time and uh, of course the preakness will be run much later in the afternoon but it, it starts at 10 30 in addition to the preakness they're going to have uh three grade three races and there is another grade one but it's one that's probably not on your immediate radar uh because it is uh a Arabian race, uh, the UAE President's Cup for Arabians. So it's a grade one Arabian stake, and that will follow the Preakness stakes. Um, now, on Friday, of course, you've got the quarter million dollar Black Eyed Susan. It's kind of what the Kentucky Oaks is to the Kentucky Derby. The Black Eyed Susan is uh, for the Preakness stakes. So I think there's more betting opportunities here. You got 13 three-year-old fillies entered, and so you're going to find odds that you like in there. Of course, uh, uh, the uh, the horse to beat, they're all saying, is a dare honor, and uh, of course, this is one of the ones that uh, came through the uh, shall we say uh, Bob Baffert. Uh, transfer portal so uh that's definitely the one to beat but there's some players in there like i said there's 13 horses going to post so uh, that's where you're going to find your odds i think now everybody of course is touting epicenter as as the uh, heavy favorite in the preakness and and so be it the horses is legit but uh, so maybe you find your value in the Black Eyed Susan because it's a two-day daily double. So you play the first half in the Black Eyed Susan on Friday. That'll be the 13th race going off at 5:44, and you parlay that into 13th race on Saturday, which is the Preakness. So I think the money to be made would be an open that somebody can upset a dare manner who was a game second as odds on in the Santa Anita Oaks uh, after winning easily the Las Virginies stakes. Now, again, the horse uh, was trained by Baffert, 
transferred to Tim Yankteen. And now, you've seen this with a couple of horses this week, being transferred to Sean McCarthy. So that will be very interesting to see what happens. So uh, now, so who are these handicappers you're bringing in? Well, I'm bringing in two veteran handicappers, guys that are not only award-winning writers in the game, but uh, I know our avid players, certainly uh, Bob Railbird Roberts, as some of you may know him. Um, he's pretty uh, active in the in the handicapping game center, so you might see him in one of the contests there. And, of course, uh, Tom Laws, not only the managing editor of ST uh, Publishing that puts out the Saratoga Special, but he's one of the main handicappers up there. So both these guys know how to... Uh, wet in the tip of their pencil and put it to a daily racing form and, and come up with the horses for you. Now, we all struggle with what I just made sound like an easy thing. So we're going to help you with our special system through the easy win forms at, at winning ponies. Uh, they're relatively uh, inexpensive and the payoffs are phenomenal. We had uh, good uh, play out at Golden Gate this week. Back-to-back uh, -back days on the 13th, we had a 50-cent pick five that paid 2292 and a $1 super five that paid 2320 And deep in the heart of Texas at Lone Star, we had a nice 50-cent pick three that returned over $2,000. Those are the easy win forms. Now, you can get winning credits. But in addition to that, we can give you $100 in cold cash. Tell me more, you say, Johnny boy. I'd be happy to. We're having another handicapping contest. First place, $100 cold cash. And then after that, you can... Uh, earn winning credits uh, for each second, third, fourth place, and then <coughs> excuse me. Then when we get down there, we're going to start giving you some of our swag in the fifth and sixth places and the best time. So uh, come on in, uh, you know, after listening to the show and pulling down your easy win forms, get your bets in order, take a free shot at the Preakness, but more importantly, Importantly, let's put some more cash in your pocket with BetUS.com. So with the Preakness right around the corner, you need a sports book with integrity, longevity, like BetUS uh, for all your gambling needs. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, uh, thriving. And most importantly, this is why they're thriving. They pay their customers back ASAP. So they also have action on every sport across the world. If uh, you're looking for something to do on a rainy day and your favorite racetrack's not running, uh, BetUS.com can pretty much guarantee that they got your game. So uh, join now. Come on now, Winning Ponies listeners. Use the code, all caps, PONIES, and you'll get a 125% deposit bonus for up to $2,500. So the mainstay in the industry, it's betus.com. You bet, 
you win, you get paid. And suppose you said, John, I want to go to BetUSA.com and I want to pull down the easy uh, win forms. By the way, that's BetUS.com, no A. Uh, where can I go and listen to Tom Law and Bob Roberts? Well, you can go to the repeat podcast. We post them pretty quickly after the airing of these shows. Uh, but we're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music. We've got a Facebook page. Please join us. And you can follow us on uh, Twitter and the Winning Ponies website. So uh, there's plenty of ways to get your plays and get your action down at BetUS. So I've kind of laid things out for us with our guest. And, uh, of course, uh, again, the value probably in the uh, black-eyed Susan. So, again, who is this Adair Manor, you say? Well, three-year-old filly by Uncle Mo, as I stated earlier, was trained by Baffert, broker maiden by 12 in her third start. That was first Lasix, and uh, then came back and run that game second by a neck in the Santa Anita Oaks, as I stated earlier. John Velasquez, who's been riding regularly for Mr. Baffert, will ride for Sean McCarthy in the race. So who are the upsetters? Well... Hard to say after that. You've got your choice of some really nice horses with good odds. Uh, the local hopeful at Laurel uh, has been racing. At 9-2 to two will be Luna Bell, who has scored five straight victories. Now, she's a Maryland-bred, but only one of those five was in a state-bred race. They were all against open company five in a row. Won't have to ship far to get to Pimlico. Uh, so Luna Bell's going to get local action for sure. Of course, Tyler Gaffleone, he was voted Jockey of the Week. Uh, he's going to uh, uh, pick up the mount on favor for Todd Pletcher, who was third in the Fairground Oaks. Look at the horses. She finished behind Echo, Zulu, and Hidden Connection. They're not in this race. So favor right now, 8-1 to one could be doing us all a favor in there and how about chad brown's lately raced distinctly possible a daughter of curlin uh had uh, a really long rest after her first two starts came back broker maiden in april impressively irad ortiz will be back in the saddle so those are the main players for the black eyed susan of course uh We've already mentioned Epicenter will be the horse to beat. But I think the story in here, without a doubt, is Secret Oath. D. Wayne Lucas going for his seventh Preakness Stakes. Of course, I stated earlier, $1.5 million on the line. Now, please note, we all know Rich Strike's not on this race. Why? Well, they said for the best interest of the horse, and the reason is, this race is one and three sixteenths mile, which is actually shorter than the Kentucky Derby. So you've got a stone cold stretch runner that won't get in gear till uh, maybe about he's going into the turn there. 
he's really going to have his work cut out for him. To be honest with you, I was happy to get the news. I know historians and certainly the people in the Maryland Jockey Club uh, weren't happy about it. But uh, so he's not in the race. So I think another horse we really got to watch in the Preakness is Simplification. Now, he didn't have a shot at the Derby, didn't break well, was 11th at the half-mile marker, still was only beating three and a half lengths, ended up running fourth behind Zandon in that race. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, um, we uh, uh, see what happens with a good break and draws the rail, Simplification. Uh, is going to be one. So anyhow, we're going to ask Bob Railbird Roberts and coming up first on deck, swinging away with his daily racing form is none other than Tom Law. So we're going to take a little bit of a break and we come back. We're going to be joined by Tom Law here on Winning Ponies. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and even my producer, Josh, said, Tom Law, I remember that name. You've had this guy on a lot. And I'm like, yeah, he's my go-to guy. You can ask Tom just about anything, and he'll have uh, he'll have an answer. But I specifically chose him for the show because I know that he has that Mid-Atlantic connection with Sean and Joe Clancy, his partners in ST Publishing, of course, where we really call out on time is when it gets to be around Saratoga special time. But I figured he might be in the Maryland area. I was right. Tom Law, welcome back to the show, my friend. John, uh, 
great to talk to you. I'm here in Baltimore. Uh, actually, you're right. Uh, Mid-Atlantic Thoroughbred Magazine is another uh, publication that Sean, Joe, and I work on. Joe is actually editor-in-chief, and uh, we're here representing them in addition to our own publication. Uh, this is horseracing.com. It's kind of our website, kind of gearing up to Saratoga. Uh, it's been great. I've been kind of whirlwind. I got to Maryland uh, last night. I was in Fairhill, and then we came down to Pimlico this morning. Uh, got, a, got a glimpse of a few of the horses. Uh, I'm really looking forward to getting out tomorrow. I can't believe it's Friday. I'm like, holy cow. It's Friday, and uh, see all the previous horses and, and, and the other horses for the other stakes. But, uh, yeah, Alibi Breakfast. I actually went to the Orioles game this afternoon. I've never been to Camden Yards, and we went to a game today with Joe. We kind of celebrated with him. He, uh, he had a big day today, and we went to the Orioles Yankees game. So, hey, t- hey Tom, 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 let me ask you a question. Uh, I do have me on speakerphone. No, I don't. I just okay. got you on my regular phone. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, just uh, you might have been turning your head or something. You're kind of going in and out, and I missed a little bit of, of, of okay, what you're saying. Yeah, I'll make sure I speak right into the mic. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah and, and I just want to make sure. Now, I, sometimes I get my Clancy brothers confused. You know, I go back to the days of Tommy Makeham with my Aunt Rosie in the, the room there listening <laughs> to the Victrola. I said, hey, she yep. did it to me. I've got it right downstairs. It's one of those old crank-me-up things. Anyhow, uh, besides me getting my Clancy brothers Picked up, so it was Joe Clancy today was awarded with the prestigious Old Hilltop Award, and that's for best Preakness story, correct? That's correct. Well, it's, it's it's actually the Old Hilltop Award is presented by the Maryland Jockey Club for career excellence in covering racing. So it was a big honor for Joe. Uh, he's won the David Woods Award, which is for the best best Preakness story. Uh, he's won that three times, um, and today was kind of his day to win the old Hilltop Award. Of course, we joked with him about uh, how, how old he is uh, winning the old <laughs> Hilltop Award, but uh, a great honor for him. It was at the Alibi Breakfast, which is kind of a Preakness tradition, which, like a lot of things in the world, has made its return, you know, thankfully, and we're very grateful that the Maryland Jockey Club has put the Alibi Breakfast back on the schedule. It's kind of like the pre-Preakness uh, party, but a little bit different than a lot of the other parties that go on in racing in, in that it's a breakfast. Um, and They had a lot of the connections uh, for the horses there. Of course, D. Wayne Lucas held court, as he usually does, had a full lineup of, uh, of good jokes and, and stories, and, uh, and they give some awards to the media, including Joe. So it was a great, uh, a great event this morning. <laughs> All right, I only want to spend two minutes on this, but I have to. Um, yeah. It, it, while, we're, while we're on the subject of, of awards, I, I'm talking to a guy that, that's that's won the Red Smith Award. Last week, yeah. I talked to a guy that won two of them. The week before that, I talked to a guy <laughs> that's won three of them. The Red Smith Award yep. is for the most prestigious award uh, it's an award uh, for best kentucky derby story now you think of the pool of writers that are in the competition there this is the creme de la creme internationally i am putting in your hands tom law the the lance to move forward leading the national turf writers and broadcast association to say we want that award reinstated it's been discontinued 
I'd like yeah. to see it reinstated. If they need people to chip in for a trophy, I'm in. If they need, well, what else do they need? Uh, what what yeah. else goes into an award? Do they need uh, donuts and coffee? I'll pitch in. <laughs> I don't know what it costs, but I think it's yeah. a fantastic honor, Tom. And I'm really kind of disappointed that it just went away. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, I agree. I agree. And it's, um, you know, I'm not here to, to bash anyone uh, by any means, but the fact that the Maryland Jockey Club still gives out an award for the best Preakness story, the Belmont, uh, the New York Racing Association gives out an award, the Joe Hirsch Award, that honors the best Belmont Stakes story of the year. There should be one for the Derby as well. There's also the Bill Leggett and the Joe Hirsch Award uh, that that is presented every fall by by the Breeders' Cup for the best Breeders' Cup stories, like the best feature story and maybe the best news story. So, you know, the, the Red Smith is a glaring omission, and you're right. I mean, I guess, you know, me, I'm the president now of the, of the National Turf Riders and Broadcasters still. Um, I appreciate you saying that, and I, maybe I need to, to get working on that and get with the folks from Churchill. And, yeah, there's not a whole lot that really goes into it. I mean, other than... You have a you have a you set a deadline for the stories and people submit them and then you align get some judges lined up uh, and you make a presentation. They can do the presentation in the winter circle at Churchill Downs like Derby Week could be great. You know, I, yeah, I, I, I won it before and it was really one of the I consider it the one of the best honors I've ever had. Um, absolutely you know, and, and 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 the guys the guys i'm i'm naming i i know you know jay privman i don't know if you know yep. tom archdeacon or not uh from the dayton daily news he's just he's won every award there possibly is in sports writing in the yeah. midwest and and these are fantastic people great authors actually um yeah. And to not recognize them and what we we say is the world's most important horse race is ridiculous. So uh, I, I'm not even a member of your organization. I'm a member of the TPA, which is a brother organization of yours. And yep. I'm saying yep. we move forward. Tom, I have I've done very little in my life to have something good etched on my uh, gravestone. How about he helped bring back the Joe Hirsch Award? Because I, I like that. Yeah. I, I mean, the, I mean the Red Smith Award, because um, I'll yep. do whatever I can to help you guys get it back. And I'm serious. If it, if if you need money raised uh, for the trophy or or any kind of thing like that, if, if you need uh, somebody to coordinate the the, the judges, um, count me in because I think it's yeah. very important to recognize you guys. And it's sad that we're that you're. It's sad we're all going away slowly, but let's not help them, God. Please. Exactly. I'm I'm getting off my soapbox, Tom. It's Preakness (laughs) Week. I I might have to talk to you off the air on that. As you can hear in my voice, I'm fired up about it because too many good people have won that award, not for them to be continually recognized. I now shut up. Let's talk about the the Black-Eyed Susan and the Preakness Stakes. I stated earlier in the show, I'm wrong more than I'm right, but I got a feeling that if you're looking for value over Preakness Weekend, you might want to pick the horse you really like in the Pimlico because I think the value is probably buried in the Black-Eyed Susan. Man, you're not kidding. I mean, you talk about a big field in there. (laughs) If you have an opinion on someone... uh, Get involved, right? I mean, the 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 horse, the local, you know, the local angle is of course Bella Luna, um, or Luna, excuse me, Luna Bell. Everyone's all over there. Um, 
you know, a lot of people are kind of really wondering how her class is going to carry over against horses like, you know, Adair Manor that's coming in from California, former Bob Baffert horse. Um, just, just in a big field, you know, 13 horse field in here. You know, you have Favor in here, top collection of green horses. Uh, big headliner, you know, for sure. In uh, in Friday on Friday's feature, I'm I'm I'm, I'm really torn on who I even like. I feel like you know after after all we've been through in the last uh, <laughs> two weeks, or especially two weeks ago uh, at Churchill Barron, man, it's hard to have a huge opinion, you know. And <laughs> I guess one long shot uh, can have that effect on us, right? <laughs> so what are we gonna do? Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Make sure you, you keep that 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 speaker near you, your speaker because you're, you're, I'm losing you yeah. just a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, we probably spend way too much time on it, but I mean, there's so many different angles here. You've got this at six to one, distinctly possible. You say who? Well, yeah. ran the ran the Alcibiades, yeah. and for whatever reason, Chad Brown put the horse uh, on the shelf and uh, obviously knew what he was doing and brought back a very strong horse uh, to finally yeah. break its maiden. But I notice I read Ortiz uh, has no qualms about jumping mm-hmm. back in the saddle. Uh, mm-hmm. on that one uh so there's one and uh you, you know you just don't you got speed on a rail with divine huntress how's she gonna screw things mm-hmm. up and then what about the other ortiz brother getting on the uh, uh the the almost fantasy stakes winner that's always a strong race at oaklawn and yeah. beguine um i mean there's just uh, it, this is kind of like the derby is kind of like well if a long shot wins i'm not going to say that should have never happened because th- they're they're laying in wait now is the horse yep. everyone's yep. going to key to uh, uh tom law e- epicenter i guess that's the remaining question can can i take those long shots and be so confident uh that i can go on epicenter or is epicenter this year's bourbon courage oh uh well i mean he ran it you know he ran his race in the derby you can't really fault how he ran in the derby attending you know that pace and i think lost in kind of all of the coverage of the derby was you know the, the horse that won was 80 to one but i mean you talk about an incredibly fast pace that the derby had which we haven't seen in a long time and all the horses that were chasing, either all the horses that were setting the pace or immediately ch- uh, chasing that pace, were nowhere at the end, with the exception of Epicenter. So, right, you know, he he deserves like a lot of respect. I mean, he was he was sort of mid pack early on, but then got into the race exactly the way you want him to. Uh, obviously, a very deserving favorite. Uh, you know, Steve Esmussen. There's no real reason for him to run him back in here if he didn't want to. He obviously doesn't have the triple crown on the line. But, you know, for him to run back in here, he's had a lot. Steve's had a lot of success in this race. You know, the horse is, is proven at two turns. He's proven to lay close to the pace, and he's got Rosario, and he's you know he, he'll have a target on his back for sure this time with only a field of nine. Um, with you know. Just a two or three real bona fide serious threats to him, you know, in early voting and and the Philly Secret Oath and and simplification, who I heard you mention earlier. You know, it really to me it really boils down to those four. I hate to say that after everything that we've been through, but you know, 
you know, a horse like Simplification is lost in the shuffle a little bit. He ran a really good race in the Derby, came way back, and his fourth. He's never really run a bad race in his entire career. Uh, competing in all graded stakes and stuff, those tough races down in Florida, all, all winter long. Nice horse, you know. And and then I'm I'm warming up the Secret Oath every day as we get closer and closer. Ah, uh, looking forward to seeing her again tomorrow. I saw her in Louisville. Um, you know, of course, the coach is the coach is the coach. You know, he's the man, and and he's he, he's won the Preakness so many times, um, and and. And brings her here, and this really was kind of like their plan. I feel like it was like Arkansas. We're going to run the Arkansas Derby. We're going to. We're not going to run in the Kentucky Derby. We want the Grade One Kentucky Oaks two turns, and then maybe we'll look at the Preakness a mile and three sixteenths, also Grade One. So they're sticking to their targets, and and that's you know that that should give you a lot of confidence coming in. I mean, Saez fits her really well. Uh, she handles distance really well. Just a, a really good horse. You know, the early voting is the horse I'm going to maybe take a stand against. Uh, speed. And he was laboring there at the end of the Wood Memorial, and I'm just, you know, I'm thinking maybe the mile three sixteenths might be a little long for him. But you know, in a race like this, you got to take a stand against somebody. So maybe he's the one I got to take a stand against. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just love the the whole secret oath story and everything that goes into it. Of course, uh, I was there the day uh, uh, D. Wayne was a recipient of of uh, the other side of the story, and where his codex uh, inadvertently, shall we say, floated <laughs> genuine risk out to the popcorn stand in section C of the grandstand and then went on yep. to win the race. Uh, of course, I was there rooting along the rail for genuine risk like uh, all the other 200,000 fans, and it didn't yep. happen. It was a big controversy. Uh, he's got the Philly. I don't know if somebody's going to try to float her out. Now, uh, Tom Law, before I let you go, got a couple more minutes here. I know as, as someone that's a student of uh, the writing game uh, in our sport. Uh, you probably honor, uh, unlike uh, some places that let awards go away, uh, the, the tradition. And yeah. uh, are we to a point in racing where we have to turn our back on triple crown tradition and say, see, we lost Rich Strike as another example of why these races should be separated? Or should that not be any kind of example that you use? Because there's no way in hell that you know as a handicapper that this race fit rich strike schedule anyhow so is it the, is it the historical uh scheduling of the races or uh, do we have to change because uh, the breed uh, seems to be uh, so snowflake like in their training well there's a lot of factors involved and no i don't believe that the the triple crown should really be changed i do acknowledge the fact that it hasn't been the same throughout you know all of racing history but at the same time i'm not in a hurry to make a a widespread change based on maybe the opinions or sort of the, the, the opinions of some or or a move like the connections of rich strike who decided not to run um you know i think we had a in 2014 we had a similar situation where California Chrome didn't win, and the owner of the horse was very outspoken about 
the Triple Crown is going to be so different from now on, and nobody will ever win it again because of the format and new horses come in <laughs> and we need to change the triple crown and X, Y, Z. And we had a triple crown winner to the very next year. And then we right. had another one a couple of years later. So exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, the game that there's guys that are specifically training horses to try to win the triple crown. I don't think they really want to change it either. Um, if you have guys like, uh, Bob Baffert, who's you know obviously suspended right now, or or these other guys that have had success in the Triple Crown races, <clears throat> they're not really in a rush to change it. They understand the history of it, they understand the difficulty of it, and they're and they're willing to accept it. Um, you know, I think if they were to change it, I've 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 thought about it. I've read some pieces from some people. If you were to lengthen the space between the races, I actually think it would make it harder to win. Um, you you would have so many fresh horses running in these races that run their optimum races on three or four weeks rest. And they would, I think it would be harder. Well, that, that, that's a very well put Tom. Very well put. Well, listen, <laughs> I, I, again, uh, uh, thanks to uh, all of us here at the winning ponies family, uh, to, uh, to Joe Clancy, I'm winning the old Hilltop award. Uh, you and I will have to meet in a clandestine place, uh, not to be named on the air of which we are going to, uh, <laughs> form, uh, our, 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 uh, plan of attack for reinstituting the red smith award is that fair i'm in let's do it i'm in totally in seriously we'll get the tpa involved the ntwab involved and we'll get churchill downs involved they should be involved and let's get them let's get everybody to the table and we'll talk about it and bring it back yeah, we, we don't know really know why it went away, but I do think we need uh, uh, an, enough of an effort to say it's important to bring it back. That's correct. I, I couldn't agree more, and I'm, I'm glad that you're going to spearhead the effort. I mean, let's go. You and I can, can, can get up on the hill and say, let's go. <laughs> That's right. I need something for that gravestone. I haven't done anything, you know. Oh, I mean, you got you know, a lot. No, that's not true. That's yeah, not true. I, well, I, I got no slave to fashion. That's a good one. You know, a lot of people have suggested that. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Don't worry. <laughs> Tom Law, it's always great. Have a fantastic time there. Uh, enjoy the crab cakes, and uh, I hope you make a killing, Tom. Absolutely. Hope so, and I'll talk to you real soon, John. Thank you. All right, Tom Law, uh, again, known mostly for the Saratoga Special, but now he, he's part of the Mid-Atlantic Thoroughbred, and he's down in the Mid-Atlantic area. Just want to remind everybody, before we get uh, Bob Railbird Roberts up, that uh, with the Preakness around the corner, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity, so you know that's bet. U.S. for all your gambling needs. Uh, they've been around for over three decades, thriving and, of course, paying their customer base. With action on every sport across the world, uh, BetUS.com can pretty much guarantee that they got your game and use the code word PONIES in caps and you're going to get a 125% deposit bonus for up to 2500 bucks. So, hey, it's Preakness time. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. You're listening to Winning Ponies, and we'll be right back. (laughs) 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with us now, man, no stranger to Winning Ponies and certainly no stranger uh, to people for decades. When they read the Cleveland Plain Dealer, they'd see that cartoon of Bob Railbird Roberts. Turn the page. Will his pockets be inside or out? Did he win or did he lose with yesterday's picks? Maybe I just got bad there on there on bad days, but usually he was picking the empty pockets out in the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like most horse players, right. Bob Roberts, how are you? What's going on? Getting excited for the Preakness weekend. It's always a fun time. I used to, over the years, that became one of my favorite. I, I w- I'd rather go to Baltimore than Louisville after a while. I enjoyed going to the Preakness. I don't know what it was, but crab cakes, Little Italy, Orioles game, crab fest, uh, Pimlico, even though it was an old battered racetrack, it was fun to go to with my friends, and well, I enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to uh, another Christmas. Yeah, I had some good times on it, and I I went to my first couple Preaknesses before I was even involved in in thoroughbred racing, and let me tell you, because uh, I've been in the infield at the Derby and the Preakness, the Preakness wins by ten lengths if winning means. You're so crap face drunk that you're banging some girl you don't know in a bush in the middle of the infield. So there well, you know they why were... that was. You were you weren't allowed to bring alcohol in the infield at Churchill Downs, but you were allowed. I don't know if you're allowed. You're allowed to bring alcoholic beverages into the infield at the Preakness. That's why. That's Tom, why that was we, so rowdy. Yeah, we would go out and buy like a, a red wagon, you know, pull wagon and. 
put cases and cases of beer on and all they wanted was your admission. They could have cared less what you were carrying right. into the track. And I, I remember one guy watching him. He was a couple of people away from me. He had on a dolly, he had a keg of beer. <laughs> right. And why that's you, a it's lot. funny you mention it because that weekend, uh, supermarkets had to put on extra security because uh, all the young men in Baltimore would steal the shopping carts and they would meet you at your car or you can get off the bus they would be your caddy and, and haul your stuff to the gate yeah. at the Pimlico. Yeah. No kidding. Oh, oh that's yeah. A... You, that was shopping cart heaven over there <laughs> getting into Pimlico. Yeah. Do you remember uh, the year? I think it was real quiet year. The trans, uh, transformer blew. And the, the whole joint was in the dark for like a couple of hours. We thought for sure. They were going to have to cancel it and come back Sunday or the following week because it was, like, horribly hot and dark. And a guy told me a story. Some uh, some guy was there with his mom, and she was, like, hyperventilating, and she needed water. And in the dark, he ran over to the concession stand and says to the guy, I need a cup of water for my mom. And this guy behind the counter says, well, I'd give you the water, but I don't have to charge you for the cup. The guy just about jumped over the counter to joke the guy. <laughs> no, I was visit, not man. at that I'm not one, Bob. Stuck paying for your cup. So you were at that Preakness? That was real quiet. Whatever year, real quiet was. Oh yeah, it was. Oh my God, it was pitch black in there, and we thought for sure we were coming back the next day. Yeah, the Transformers well, blew. Well, that place yet- was older than old, you know. My God. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, why an errant cigarette never dropped and burnt that place to the ground is beyond me. But, uh, <laughs> what, what kills me is, I, I was not there that day, Bob, but I have friends that were. And they said one of the things that you don't factor into a situation like that is there are no lights in the men's room. Oh, so you, you had hundreds of thousands of people having to take a whiz. And what, they walk into a black closet? They don't know where they are. Oh, my God. I can't even. I'm I'm not going to get graphic on the air, but you can use your imagination that more than one person with a wet leg came out of those rooms. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my. Well, I think isn't the weather forecast for like 90 degrees, 90 to 94 degrees Saturday for for the pregnancy? Yeah, they're going to have some wet weather. You know, midweek, which they always seems they they do, and yeah. uh, then it, then it's gonna clear up. But yeah, you're talking about 90s, which again gives us another reason to go shopping for for a rich strike. Uh, in that uh, the good horse might come up all lathered up. He's at a track he's never been before, and some of the better horses might not run their best race. So you just don't know, you know, as you brought up the the weather factor, uh, how that could yeah. play into it. Now, listen, this was one of the last questions I asked Tom, but I do want to ask you before we get to the handicapping portion, what's your read on messing with tradition and changing the Triple Crown dates? I'm against it. I think it's fine the way it is. I mean, uh, I, I, do, do we ever get a reason as to why this horse is not running in the preakness? I mean, these people, this is a once-in-a-lifetime deal for these people. We know these people. These are... These are Thistledown, Mahoning Valley, Belterra, Turfway people, right? I mean, yes, they are. Is this horse okay? The, uh, the, the horse is perfectly fine. And, okay. Bob, you're, you're a handicapper. 
Let's pre let's pretend this is just a, an allowance optional claim, and you got a chance. You got a horse that's a stone dead closer, and there's a race coming up in a couple of weeks. It's a mile and a half, or you got a race that's shorter than the race you just were eyeballs out to win at a shorter distance. Which race would you enter your horse in? Both. But then you're leaving the third race on the table because if they run in the Preakness, they know they're going to squeeze the lemon dry. And and he's probably not going to get – if he hits the board, they'd be lucky. Not because he doesn't have the talent because the race doesn't set up for him. And you know – John, they've had a lot of luck already because if you study the chart of that Kentucky Derby, that was – that 21-3 and is the fastest opening quarter – that has ever been run in 148 Kentucky Derbies. So there's there was his first break, and you know the half the half clocking of 45 and one. You know Jackie's Warrior earlier in the yeah. card ran 45 and two. They yes. ran faster to the half than Jackie Jackie's Warrior did, and he wasn't going no mile and a quarter. So this thing set up perfectly for this horse. You got a nice ride. There's no there's no knocking anything, but the, the racing gods really shined on his horse with those teletimer splits. That helped set up that uh, that late kick. It uh, about Epicenter it... and Zandon, I don't know why, why they couldn't finish better than they did. I bet Zandon, I almost had one foot towards the at the eighth pole. I was starting to walk a little bit towards the uh, the cashier's window. I figured, he's yeah. got to go by these horses. And then he, he hung like a chandelier to get beat for second. So, I don't know. Who's you back in the derby? Uh, it I really didn't bet much at all. I really thought it was an unbettable race. Uh, I, I yeah. did. I did a few bets, just you know, stupid, just to have action. But uh, yeah, it, probably I, I'll tell you, it was Taba. I bet Taba. Uh, you know, oh. friend, guy we oh. both know. You know, Bruce Ryan raised the horse on his right. farm here in Ohio, and I saw the horses a little as a uh, weanling. I watched him grow up, and so I kind of had a. He could have been an Ohio bred, couldn't he? He could have brought him home after the mating. Could have brought uh, no more flattery home, right? Need more flattery home. Right. Well, he's the full sister just won a stake up at Mahoney a couple of weeks ago. So uh, flatter her again. Remember that name, full sister to the dam. But we digress talking about Ohio racing. As it's I all right. Well, yeah, but we were we uh, we passed out some trophies to uh, need more flattery when we were uh, doing the Ohio Thoroughbred uh, Banquet every year. Yeah, several years in a row we did, as a matter of fact. But uh, yeah, uh, we're not down there in the capital of crab cakes of the world. We're uh, we're up here in the Buckeye State, and uh, the Black-eyed Susan, you know, kind of the uh, uh, the sister stake to the Preakness, like the Oaks is to the Derby. Uh, I got to think that the, if you're keying on a horse, let's say you love Epicenter, that the value is going to be at the front end of that uh, rare daily double wager they offer. Yeah. I think it's a pretty uh, – no, nobody really wows me. I looked at this race. Uh, we got field of 13. and uh, You know, this favorite, this 5-2 to two morning line favorite, Adair Manor, and this horse is going to have its third trainer in, in, uh, in three months. <laughs> I mean, what right. went from Baffert to Yakteen, and now it's going to Sean McCarthy. I don't know what the heck's going on there. I don't. I, I don't think that's the best thing for a horse to have three different trainers in uh, in three months. I think so. McCarthy, I'm going to go against that horse, uh, even though it's five to two in the morning line and Johnny B's riding it. 
you know, you got those California stake races. Uh, the one stake race is a field of four. Santa Anita Oaks is a field of five. So I don't get too wowed by those horses. And, uh, you know, there are some proud horsemen in picking up Baltimore, Maryland area. I'm going to go for a local horse in this race. A horse that's on a roll right now. The six, Luna Bell. Horses won five in a row at Laurel. I know it's never been to Pimlico, but there's not a horse in this race that's run or worked over the racetrack at Pimlico, looking at the PPs. So as for who's going to lead the racetrack, who knows? But this Luna Bell doesn't get too far off the pace and then comes charging home. He's got a pretty good kick. So I put her first, the sixth horse. It's 9-2 to two on the morning line. I'll put the former Baffert pupil, Adair Manor, second. And then uh, Shug McGahey's uh, bringing a horse over that ran at Keeneland last time. The 11, Radio Days. I'm putting that one third. What do you like? Uh, well, uh, again, I, I think there's there's a chink in, in Adair uh, Armour's uh, post. Uh, I'm, I'm taking... Um, a look at uh, well, R- Radio Days is one of them. Um, you know, certainly. You know, I-, I like the horses that have been competing in stakes or graded stakes. Now, I will give you Luna Bella. Most of those were open stakes, though she's a Maryland bred. Only one of those, Bob, was a state bred stake. So she's been running You're against right. open open company, but uh, they don't exactly uh, ship in for the beyond wired handicap if you know what i mean so uh right. y- you know I- i'm trying to stick with the horses that i think have had uh the, the graded stakes experience so that that points me towards her and on a horse that's i mean a race that's always produced good fillies is the fantasy at oak lawn park and i like this beguine and yeah. i noticed that uh, so does jose ortiz's agent because he's picking up the mount here so uh, right. if you ask me who i like to uh, Exemplify the chink in Adair Manor's uh, Manor's armor. Um, it, it would it would probably be those two. So moving yeah. on to the second part of the race is uh, the one that our, our guys at the corner of the bar will say, "Hey, don't they run in the Preakness Stakes today?" Yeah, they are. Um, <laughs> I, I, obviously, Epicenter. I mean, you know, th- this horse did everything but win the Kentucky Derby, and as uh, Tom rightly uh, pointed out, uh, after that that hectic uh, run to the front that you pointed out, uh, he's the only one that was even close to that pace that that stuck around. I just, <clears throat> I think Joel Rosario got busy worrying about beating Zandon, and Rich Strike was there before he knew it. Yeah, well. I don't know. I kept looking at this race. I looked at Epicenter, who Epicenter has, you know, has been running against all its career leading up to the Derby. And I don't know. I mean, the, uh, the Louisiana Derby was Sozo's pioneer of Medina. Couldn't find them in the Kentucky Derby. I, I, I'm going to go, and I'm going to go for a horse that didn't run in the Derby. I'm going for uh, Chad Brown's horse, early voting. And, uh, this horse, I think, has a chance. You tell me who's gonna who's gonna be the speed in this race? Who's gonna run? Who's gonna run early here? Early voting. Early voting's going on the engine. Who's gonna run with him? I think simplification, Bob. Um, I really think. Well, yeah, it's hard to figure. I put down speed with a question mark next to his name. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. He could. I I put that if he breaks is my note. And think about that. His last two wins, Bob, came in wire to wire fashion. 
He got eliminated at the start of the Derby, put a line through that race, and he's right there with some of the top country, you know, some of the top horses in the country in very tough races. And like I said, I think it's really important to realize this horse's last two wins came in front-running efforts. Bob, don't don't walk out of the room. Bob, 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 don't walk out of the room. You sound like you're on the speakerphone. Um, no, I'm not. No. Okay. I'm trying to figure out why some of these horses are in this race. Creative Minister, these people putting up 150000 to supplement this horse for its very first stake start. That takes some nerve, no? Yeah, but, you know, Kenny McPeak, he's part owner, and he's putting up his money, too. So at least the trainer's putting his money where his mouth is. So uh, we'll, we'll find out. You know, it, nah, I don't know. Florent Giroux on a 50-to-1 shot. That... Yeah, I don't understand it. i tell you the horse. I, I put epicenter. Obviously, I put epicenter second. But I, uh, a horse that's got a shot to hit the board, I think, at 20-to-1 in the morning line is the 9. Skippy Longstocking. Uh-huh. Ran a pretty good race in the Wood Memorial to be third. And uh, if I like early voting, I should give this horse a second look. So I'm throwing him on the... If I'm getting trifectas, and I don't bet too many trifectas, I'll throw this horse in a tri box. Well, Bob, you're it'll, it'll juice it up. You're ignoring the 1,200-pound uh, gorilla in the corner, secret oath. I looked and looked and looked. I went back and watched the Arkansas Derby. I, I don't see it. Well, I... I... You know, that's what's great about this game. We, we got a lot of different opinions. I, I, I think old coach could uh, could could pull this one off. Well, my uh, my producer's telling me as much as you love Bob and want to talk about his great book, Writings of a Railbird, you're out of time. <laughs> so, uh, Bob, I'll be in touch. You do the same and have a great Preakness weekend, okay? All right, John. You take care. All right. Okay, quick reminder, everybody. We've got our uh, Preakness uh, contest at Winning Ponies, $100 cold cash, and winning credits for those easy win forms. After you take all the great information we glean from Tom Law and Bob Roberts tonight, you pull down the easy win forms, and where do you go? There's only one place, BetUS.com. Uh, it's, they've been pioneers for almost three decades and paying out their customer base. Uh, so don't forget, for you folks listening to Winning Ponies, join now. It's free to join, uh, P-O-N-I-E-S in caps, and get a 125% deposit bonus. Can't do it with a million dollars, but we'll guarantee that for up to 2500 at BetUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid and you are a wonderful person for joining us this evening on Winning Ponies. Thanks to Tom, thanks to Bob, and thanks to my marvelous producer, Josh Bygosh, for getting us through another show. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.